In this edition of the Edgar Podcast, we talk to a very interesting man called Declan Burns, a musician, a software expert, and a keen and improving golfer who has really benefited from the game he loves. It's the 1980s, and that moment when you put the vinyl record on the turntable and lower the needle down to the groove, watching the revolutions before your favourite song, you're approaching the future with excitement. But sometimes the needle jumps or the vinyl lets you down. You don't get to hear that hit song until you work it all out. Today we're talking to Declan Burns, aged 55, who grew up in Derry in Northern Ireland in a close family which loved the game of golf. And young Declan was forever at a local club while his parents played or attended a social event there. He would be happily drinking a juice or pop and chipping and putting and making his first golfing friends. Then, as a university student in Manchester, like many young golfers, he drifted off. In his twenties, he was immersed in London life, in the music studios as a sound engineer, working to capture the sound for rock bands and improve it. Not long before his 30th birthday, he suffered a horrific motorbike accident on the M40 out of West London. His right arm was paralysed, but he would sustain many other injuries, including to his spine, neck and hips, on this homeward-bound nighttime journey in May 1998. Declan survived, but rehabilitation in those days wasn't as sophisticated, and he later found himself limping badly in the streets of London, with his paralysed arm in a sling. He calls himself then something of a human disaster. People kind of clearing a path, <laughs> not looking you in the eye. And it's like, oh man, how long can this go on? So hindsight's great. You can look back and see the funny side and things. But um, I did find it very frightening and very difficult to, to actually kind of look after myself. And yeah, life was, was hard. Declan would eventually have the paralysed right arm amputated 12 years later with no regrets. But around the time of the accident, a major infection occurred in his left arm, which had required surgery. This now also being nearly lost as he fought the superinfection MRSA in hospital isolation for three months to stay alive, relying on the help of PPE-clad nurses to feed and look after him. So far, so bad. He would lose his place in the music industry, but his resilience then kicked in, fighting for small gains through slow recovery before a little later studying for a master's degree and starting a second career, all testament to Declan's remarkably tough inner core as he saw things in black or white, to pick himself up or to give up. They were his options. Looking back now, as a Derry resident once again, his comeback is indeed striking. Helped by his family, Declan has excelled over two and a half decades to find professional success, while being married for 22 years to Corrin, a recently retired district manager in the library service, with his stepson Terry and daughter Amy. Meanwhile, that thread in his brain that is titled Golf has, in the years that followed, given Declan a wonderful outlet in terms of building physical and mental strength, finding new social connections and helping to add to the confidence that he recognises is all part of the psyche needed by anyone for when the best laid plans fall apart because life gets in the way. About his golf and recently starting playing in G4D, Golf for the Disabled events, Declan says... Do you know what? I generally have loved it since. The variety of people you meet and the variety of abilities that you encounter and seeing 
how those people with reduced ability play golf is just bogglingly mind-blowing. For anyone who has a disability that doesn't play golf and is interested in it, just to witness those people play golf and kind of surmount the difficulties that they face to play the game is just so inspiring, honestly. It really is. Declan's father, Tommy Burns, was into the Irish sport of hurling and Declan followed suit in playing it. And this attachment to bat and ball transferred readily to golf, which he soon loved playing. The family would gather around the TV set at home and watch Around with Alice with Peter Alice. And then they would watch the likes of Palmer, Nicklaus, Seve and Faldo battling it out on the old course at the open in front of them in their living room. That fond memory was never lost, even when Declan left golf for a while, when he went to Manchester to study at the University of Manchester Institute of Science and Technology, UMIST, completing a degree in chemical engineering. We mentioned that Declan was musical, and after uni he moved to London to study the guitar. He rated himself as a decent guitarist then, and loved all the rock shredders like Stevie Vai and Joe Satriani of the metal bands like Dokken, ACDC, Van Halen and Living Colour. He followed the underground subculture bands from American record labels like Sub Pop, whose acts included Madhoney, L7, Nirvana or new wave punk bands like Fugazi and Black Flag. Then there were the British-Irish bands like Gay Bikers on Acid and That Petrol Emotion, whose main members were formerly of the Undertones, also hailing from Derry. So London was the place to be and he got a job in a busy music studio, at first loving being a sound engineer, but the brutally long hours attending to the needs of record labels killed his enthusiasm as he found himself sleeping under mixing desks just too many times. Instead, making master recordings and remastering became his speciality, including working on the entire Iron Maiden back catalogue with producer Simon Hayworth. Hayworth worked on Tubular Bells with Mike Oldfield, and Declan went on to support other artists such as Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull and members of The Alarm and The Cult. But this place in the music industry would be lost. When returning home to Bethnal Green, Declan's Kawasaki Zephyr 550 crashed into a barrier on the M40. He spent his 30th birthday in the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital, Stanmore, in northwest London. It, it hurt my mother more than anything else because she was so far away at the time, and in her late 50s at, the, at that stage. And she wasn't, she wasn't travelling a lot, so she did actually make a trip over to come visit me in hospital. Um, and then, yeah, that was... That was pretty traumatic because you can kind of you can cope with everything by yourself until you're kind of confronted with that level of emotion and then it just all it just consumes you you know so yeah it was a, it was a difficult time but you know i had i had a lot of support in the ward that i stayed indeed the kindness of strangers marked declan at the time he looks emotional as he recalls the generous help of one particular gentleman patient we used to all gather out there and have a smoke and a crafty cigarette and kind of get back in before the nurses could see you. But there was a guy at the very end of the ward who was, uh, he had been an army engineer and um, he saw me kind of shuffling my way across the floor, trying to get outside and kind of tapped me on the shoulder one day and came over and said, uh, I made this thing for you. It was an old coat hanger and he basically twisted it and shaped it. And what he'd made was like a kind of a little harness that sat over my head the little kind of holder for the cigarette so I could kind of reach over, 
pull it up, take a smoke of the cigarette, and then kind of put it back down again, be able to stand there and have a cigarette without it kind of staining the side of my face and the smoke going up into my eyes. And it's a different life in hospital to when you're then kind of thrust back out into the community with all of these injuries and all of these kind of medications to take and your own life to look after. So yeah, it was, it was very, very daunting because I, I was very fragile. I lost a lot of weight. I kind of, I, I lost all my balance. I was kind of, I was injured, um, a lot of impact in my hip. So I was kind of in a wheelchair for a while. And yeah, I mean, trying to survive in London when you're a healthy person, is is traumatic enough but not when you've got those carrying those levels of injuries so yeah I, I find it really frightening to be in london at that stage particularly you know when you're trying to make a journey on the underground the accident had caused declan to suffer an ectopic bone formation in his left elbow his better arm he had to wait for the bone to form for 18 months before they could operate on the arm so it had to be fixed in a set position away from his body Declan had a lot of difficulty eating, shaving and washing, as he couldn't physically touch his face. Waiting for the necessary operation on the National Health Service could take another two years, so Declan went into debt to get the surgery privately, the success of which led to his elbow and hand operating properly again, and the first time he was able to touch his face for nearly two years left him in floods of tears. But the needle on the vinyl record would break one more time. A little after the surgery, the left arm became infected. The dreaded MRSA led to three months of isolation as he was pumped full of antibacterial drugs before the infection was finally quashed for good. At last he was set free from that trauma. Declan now proclaims his much-battered left arm to be more or less fine, except for the inability to rotate his forearm from the elbow, which means him needing to use a lot of shoulder and upper body in his movements. All actions in this area, like picking up a dropped pen for example, need a plan. But when he thinks back to the days of the MRSA, he knows how close it all was. At the time, a friend from the sound studio did his best to help him get well on leaving hospital. But he took the big decision to leave London at last, and return home to Derry, and live with his mum Bridie again. I lived with him and he cared for me for a bit. I took the decision, I just couldn't do it anymore. I needed to leave London and come back and be cared for by my mother and also you know, to spend some time with her as well because she was very distraught at being so far away. So all of these things, I mean, people face challenges in their lives and it's all about how you get up and get beyond them. It's that attitude that you take. And I found that having a positive attitude to wanting to get up and beyond your injuries is what kind of helped me recover, I think, and staying reasonably mentally strong at the time. So yeah, it's... It's a, it's a fight that I think a lot of people take in many different forms. Mine was just obviously physically traumatic. Getting beyond those things and having the, you know, you, you talk about pride, but it's, it's not so much pride again. It's, you're, you're, it's forced on you, so either you, you react to it or you suffer from it. It's that black and white for me, and I'm very much a, a fighter, so I'll, I'll try and make the best of a bad, a bad situation. This he very much did with family support including from his elder sister Carmel and a group of music-loving friends who welcomed him back to his home city, Declan's confidence returned. He would enrol at the Ulster University McGee campus in Derry, developing his computer programming skills, taking a master's degree. Today, he has a successful career as a manager, working for one of the largest software companies in the world. In the early days of his second career, 
He worked for an American insurance company and he was drawn into starting a golf society to assist with employee morale. So Declan had suddenly found golf again in around 2005, going to the range and taking some lessons at the Foyle Golf Club where he still plays to this day and he thanks the excellent PGA coaches Sean Young and Derek Morrison, with the latter helping him to understand what he needed to create a stable swing. This he did while cursing every type of mishit, from the top shots, the fat shots, the slices and the shanks, they were all there. But the hard work has paid off and Declan has become a regular, competitive and fulfilled golfer. He plays in the stance of a right-handed golfer and uses his left hand in a backhand swing. When we talk with Declan about being a Saturday and Sunday golfer after a hard week's work and comparing this to the days around his 30th birthday and the accident, he shakes his head at the thought while reminding us how golf is so good for his fitness, core strength and building confidence in how his body operates today. Declan played in his first G4D events by finding the Society of One-Armed Golfers, which was established back in 1932. And then last year, in 2022, he played in his first Edgar event, the Irish Open. That was my introduction to officially being an Edgar member and playing with Edgar. And do you know what? I genuinely have loved it since. Variety of people you meet and the variety of abilities that you encounter and seeing how those people with reduced ability play golf is just bogglingly mind-blowing. Do you know what? I love these events and I love, you know, I love kind of meeting up with people like this because, as you say, the, the social side, like everyone is so welcoming and endearing and they kind of, everyone loves their own company and hearing the stories. But you see when they tee up, once they tee up on that first tee and walk off the tee or wheel off the tee or somehow get off the tee, it's game on. I mean, you see the face change and people people just go, okay, I'm here to play. <laughs> the real highlights playing with Edgar so far has been when Declan travelled over to Scotland to the home of golf to play in the Edgar St Andrews Lynx Open on the Eden course, which included walking on the old course itself, that world-famous golf links, before having a few beers at the famed Jigger Inn near the 17th hole at the old course with a few of the Edgar players. I was walking along the 15th, going up the first hole, and then, you know, I, I spent some time walking what I could of uh, the, you know, the 16th, the road hole, the 18th, and soaking in all of the scenery around it and standing on the smoking bridge. The hairs on the back of my neck were upright. It just felt so special to be there, you know, it's almost like hallowed turf. It felt religious in a way. <laughs> you know, as I said, you know, I've... I've I've seen this course so many times on TV and my whole life revolved around golf when I was growing up. My parents played it, my aunts and uncles played it. We always went to the golf course for dinners and you know, we went to clubhouses. My, my parents, I could, you know, I would sit and watch them get all dolled up with their suits and fancy skirts and dresses and things and go into an event at the, at the golf club where, you know, I would have sat in a corner and drank some juice or gone downstairs and played some games and things, but life revolved around the golf course. Sitting around the TV, watching around with Alice, and he's walking up the, the road hole and talking, and it brought it all back to me, and I thought, oh, this is just amazing being here. I've got to a stage now where I feel like I actually can play the game again, which is a big difference from when I started, and again, throwing turf over the ball and things, so, now I can actually stand behind the ball and think there's every chance I'm going to hit this reasonably well. 
you know, there, of, of course, not every time. Being able to get out there and play 18 holes competitively. I mean, I don't play with Edgar every week. I don't play with people with disability every week. I play with able-bodied people and I beat them or I challenge them. And, you know, that brings me a lot of, I'm not going to say, it doesn't bring me joy, but, you know, being able to do that at that level to be seen as someone who plays equally as well as anyone else on the course, that is a big achievement for me. Declan says he would recommend wholeheartedly to other people with a disability who haven't played the game to try golf. He enjoys the competitive setup in Edgar particularly. The Edgar Tour events offer gross, net and stable for divisions. Within this framework, he can show his competitive edge with his golf handicap of 21.4. And recently, strong Edgar performances have led to him climbing up the world rankings for golfers with disability qualifying for the RSM European Net and Stableford Playoffs at North Hants Golf Club in England in mid-September. I think that's the beauty of what Edgar does, is that everyone is playing off the same level playing field, regardless of their disability, and that you get a kind of points awarded, you know, you're on a, a ranked scale. Now, I didn't get into it for that. I think it's kind of positive side effect of it. and. That, I have enjoyed climbing the ranks quite quickly, I will say, um, and I genuinely didn't expect to. Um, but the fact that I got invited to the, the RSM European playoffs is a huge bonus for me. I'm, I'm so excited to get there. I'm just, I, I'm literally checking the course on my phone, I'm thinking about how do you engage in match play? What's the psyche? Remembering the family watching golf together on television, he says he is proud of how his mum and dad worked so hard from difficult beginnings. Dad Tommy eventually working in community relations and mum Bridie enjoying a nursing career that led to her caring for a great many people who were severely physically or mentally disabled. And his family life links so closely to golf. Declan writes in an email, It started as a happy family day out as a kid, and while there are days when I'm on a course playing badly and inwardly cursing myself, I do remember those earlier times with a lot of fondness for how the game brought us all together, sitting around the TV watching the greats in action like Seve, Palmer, Nicklaus and Watson, and the characters like Trevino, Player and Norman. I love to play it because I love those rare occasions when everything comes together and you play well, hitting the sweet spots, making those chip shots look miraculous and the putts dropping when they should. It's a bit like music, in that it is so rare that everything just falls into place, but this only adds to the magic and mystery of it all. This Edgar podcast was written and narrated by Ben Evans and the sound production was by Martin Maynard of Sounds Good. You can find more stories of people with a disability thriving through golf in the profiles section of the Edgar website at edgargolf.com and you can contact members of our team through the website.